Big morning for the Welsh. Came back from a goal down to the USA to share the points in Qatar after being battered for most of the first half. Uh, apologies to Yuri on the uh, the text line. You're right, Yuri. Um, of course, group stage. I fast-forwarded straight to the round of 16. Extra time. I was thinking the drama. Uh, you can no, you take a point. Take a point. Group we'll take, stage. We'll take a point tomorrow against France. I'm sleep for a deprived, draw. Yuri. Forgive me. <laughs> Will this is sleep this deprived. Is a, this is a miracle that any of these words in, in, in sequence make any sense whatsoever. Uh, let's head to Canberra and uh, catch up on federal politics with Phil Curry from the Australian Financial Review. Morning to you, Phil. Good morning, Will. Dave. It must be nice being back in the country, Phil. You've been uh, gallivanting around the world for the last couple of weeks. Skylarking. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Um... <laughs> Skylarking. Now, we, we yeah. couldn't get you on Friday because you were, you were in oh. transit, but um, it's been a huge international focus. What were your sort of, you know, key takeouts from, from all this gallivanting? Oh, the big picture, Dave, we was, it was three countries, three summits over nine days, but the sort of the theme throughout was this, this sort of re-engagement by China. Um, you know, this is only the second time Xi Jinping's been out of China since the pandemic. It's actually the first time a lot of the leaders have really got together, you know, over these three summits. It was a lot of the same country, so there was this sort of eagerness for everyone to sort of see each other face-to-face and, and chat about all the many, many problems in the world, you know, everything from inflation to energy crises to the war in Ukraine and stuff. So you know, I think it was good. A lot of You felt a lot of sort of heat come out of things, you know, um, but, uh, but the sort of the big picture was the Chinese just, you know, wanting to be nice, at least look nice. You know, nothing sort of changed substantially in terms of their attitude or what they're up to, but it was to be welcomed that Xi was talking to all these leaders, one of which was Albanese, um, whilst at the same time everyone was hating on the Russians. Um, so, yeah. so that, that was, yeah, the sort of isolation of Russia, the the, the, the cautious re-engagement of China, then that was to be welcomed. At the local level for us here in South Australia, the number one question people would have is, well, this this sort of warming maybe warming's overdoing it, but this less frosty relationship now between Canberra and Beijing, what will it mean for, for wine, lobsters, grain, yeah. all the stuff that's been hit? Well, nothing yet. I mean, because uh, the Chinese gave no no sort of assurances out of the meeting that there was nothing out of it other than they had a meeting. Some other countries met, gee, they got things like, you know, visits promised like foreign ministers of the US and uh, Japan are going to visit. Uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister, she got an invitation to go, we, we're starting a bit further back so than the rest because the relationship was so in such a bad shape. So um, at this stage, you know, Albanese said it's just, a, it's just a success to have a meeting. It's the first official meeting in six years with Xi, with the Prime Minister, the first you know, they had an unofficial one about three years ago. So, look, it's better they're meeting than not. That's that's the starting point. The, the next step is, you know, hopefully to start easing these trade bans and the Prime Minister put that to she. They're going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary of the, the relationship in um, next month. That's you know, 50 years since Gough Whitlam, you know, went to China. So, may, yeah, I think people are sort of hoping maybe the Chinese will, you know, throw us a little nugget then on lobster or barley or something like that. But mm. they, are, they, are, they are cautioning, the government's cautioning a long, long way to go, um, you know, all we've secured so far is a meeting yeah, that we're talking again, and that, that in itself is significant, but, um, you know, nothing out of it other than that. Mm. Phil, what did we learn about Anthony Albanese and his, his um, international relations, uh, philosophical mm. approaches and priorities and things like that at a, at a meeting like this? Because he still is very a very new Prime Minister. Were there yeah. any, anything that sort of marks him in, in contrast to his immediate predecessor in Scott Morrison? 
Uh, look, he's pretty good at it. Um, look, Morrison was sort of pretty good at it too. If, if you have sort of basic political skills, Will, if you can, if you can listen, if you can understand complicated things, and, and if you're polite and you can negotiate it, sort of, you cut out all pretty well for foreign affairs. It's interesting. There are two prime ministers who are probably the worst at foreign affairs, were the two who claimed to be the experts. as Kevin Rudd and Gough Whitlam. Um, but those who have good, good domestic skills, off, you know, John Howard, you know, they, you know, they translate pretty well. Even Abbott, you know, did all right overseas to varying degree so um uh but you know albanese is very forthright he's very he's sort of very polite um if you know what i mean but uh i believe we saw at the end of the, the last summit in thailand he sort of walked over to g and patted him on the back and shook his hand and you know, like like he was leaving the pub you know stuff like that so, so he so he does he does he does have this sort of a, a ability to disarm people if you like in those you know, extremely formal environments you'll pull out his camera and, and do a selfie with him and stuff like that. So, uh, no, he's very relaxed. I mean, he's been around. He's been around a long time. He's been a minister in government. He has travelled abroad before and gone, not as leader, but as a minister, and he's not a complete rookie at it, and he understands the protocols and stuff. No, I think he's he's, uh, he's, he's, he's settled in quite well. He's got to be careful. He's not going to get used by some of these characters. You know, Macron is you know, number one. Mm. You know, you can't fall into this trap thinking the French are our friend. Just because Macron attacks Scott Morrison doesn't make him our, um, Albanese's friend either. And we saw that on display in Thailand when Macron started hooking into the government again over the AUKUS deal and demanding we buy French submarines. So he's got to be a bit careful we don't get used by these characters. You know, I, I thought when we went to Paris uh, a couple of months ago and went and bent the knee at the palace, you know, the Elysee Palace, I thought that was a bit craven, a bit of a rookie error. But, um, uh, but you know, apart from that, I think he's doing all right. Yeah, I oh, thought... He didn't take the bait though last week when Macron started no. whacking ScoMo again and, and Alba basically no. said, well, look, you know, he, he's allowed to say what he likes, but he didn't back him in and look like he was trying oh, to no. No, not at all. stick it into <laughs> Morrison. And, and he did make a gaff on Taiwan as well, a bit of a rookie error on Taiwan. It took him a day to mop up, but he puffed that. No, but overall, he's, he's doing pretty well. Can I ask you about the Australia-China relationship and specifically mm. the economic component of it, Phil? Yeah. Um, Based on your observations of what uh, Anthony Albanese and his coterie have said and what you've heard and seen of the of uh, Xi Jinping and the Chinese, does there exist, in your view, a middle ground where economic cooperation could reopen without either side having to concede on any of the points that they consider complete non-negotiables, like uh, you know freedom of navigation movements mm. throughout the, the, the South China Sea, for example, or um, a host of things that we yeah. know we, we would, would, would savage our relationship with the United States, and we, we're not going to relent on, and China's obviously not. Can you navigate a path back towards economic cooperation without either side giving in on those? That, that's the sort of plan. If you look at the new mantra, it's pretty similar to John Howard's, the thing that unite us, not divide us approach he took mm. with China. I think is, yeah, we'll agree where we can cooperate, where we must disagree, where we must, or something. It's this new mantra. It's about you know, 300 words long. But uh, look, look, we, we, the bottom line is we're not we're not going to relent on our positions on things like sovereignty. We're not going to allow the Chinese foreign like Huawei to come in and buy Telstra, for example, just so that they, they'll buy our wheat. We're not going to do anything like that. So we're going to hold the line on you know foreign investment, on foreign interference laws, we're not going to relax any of that stuff. The Chinese wants us to relax, um, and they're simply not going to you know back off on what they want, and we're not going to change our position. But the the hope is that you know somehow those things can be compartmentalised, and mm. you know, and we can work we can work around them and through them. Um, but it's going to require I think each side just having to give a little something, uh, even if it's only tokenistic. And uh, yeah, it's sort of at this stage, it's each side's waiting for the other to make the first move. But like I said, that meeting was a sort of fairly big gesture by. 
China. There's a, there's a move on their behalf because um, we've been wanting a meeting for ages. So um, look, it's 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 looking better. Now. It's better now than it was a week ago, but it's you know it's still mm. not a. It's all, all the intractable problems are still there. Nothing's really shifted underneath. Good stuff, Phil. Great to have you back home. Phil Curie, the National Political Editor for the Australian Financial Review. Hey, just quickly, I was checking out the Facebook site for the garden centre in Manham that I mentioned. Tim Marshman's the bloke who owns it. It's called Down to Earth Plant Sales. Their latest Facebook post in great Australian lingo says this, Nursery's chockers full, but we need to sell lots before it floods. Huge range, very good size especially. Now, they are open uh, this weekend. You can get in there. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 6 p.m. This is what I bought there last week. Three salvias, one advanced fajoa, one raspberry uh, bush, three apple cucumbers, three advanced tomatoes, three gowras, cost $70. That is absurdly Mm. cheap. So do them a favour, folks. They'll be underwater soon. Get up there.